And it's 4 o'clock in Los Angeles. It's 6 o'clock in Chicago. It's 7.30 a.m. in Auckland, New Zealand. And it's 7 p.m. in New York City. Hello, everybody. Mad Dog DeCipio. Join as I am each and every week by the pain in the ass for some. I mean, the, <laughs> the people herself. Amelia Pitbull Chapman. How you doing, Amelia? Doing good. How are you? I'm wonderful. You can see um, it's just you and me here tonight. Right. Um, we're waiting on the rowdy red. I'm also waiting on. <laughs> I wonder if you had to get rowdy. Carter. That's why he's late. Oh, right, here's the rowdy red. Here he is. There you go. Here, the speaker of the rowdy rev. Here Hi. he is. Hey. About Hi. to take his place in the studio. How are you, Hello. Oh man, I tell you what, we got a great show tonight. If our guest of honor shows up. Um, we are, um, we're going to have a hell of a show tonight. Well, supposed to be playing a great show tonight, but Joe Cohn from fire is not here. Here. Oh, wait, I got, here he is. Alan. Hello. Alan Taylor Hello. is here. Do me a favor, Alan. Yeah. Put your, put your name, Alan Taylor, where it says a guy. A guy. Oh my goodness. Let me see. I'll do, I'll do it for you. Hold on. I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. Can you do that? Yeah. Okay. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it right here. I got Alan Taylor right here. Hold on. I'm faster than you. Yeah, that's so probably it's true. It's done. So I got it. All right. Hey, you got it. I All told right. you I'm faster than you, schmuck. And yeah, well, you know me. Nice. I'm from Missouri. It's a show me state. So well, I showed you that I'm faster than you. <laughs> Cheers. Let me introduce right. you, everybody. Cheers. Alan, this is Amelia Chapman, the pit bull. Hi. This is a rowdy rev, Reverend Steve Kwiatkowski. Excellent. You already know me. This is Alan Taylor. I'm He's sorry. probably the smartest guy I know. We're one Don't give me that much credit, man. Myself. Um, Alan's a, no, seriously, he's a scholar. He's an academist. Um, what is your credentials actually, Alan? You write your what is that like an expert in Scientology? What was that? <laughs> no, no, no. I have a bachelor's in science, science of, um, of history, and I got that through Central Methodist University. There you go. There you go. Beautiful. Terrific. Excellent school. Really, if you guys are shopping around, smarts behind you. Uh, you know, I just had the time. That's all. Yeah. Well, tonight, um, while we're waiting for our guest of honor, Joe Cohn, to join, and Joe is the um, the legislative and policy director of FIRE. That's the organization called the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. Tonight's show, uh, it's a hot button issue. What yeah. is protected speech and is hate speech, quote unquote, hate speech protected? And what is hate speech? And I want Joe is uh, when, when he gets here, um, if he gets here, is going to tell us what all of that is and what that means. And uh, and I have some a little bit of backup here just in case Joe doesn't show up, but I'm sure he will. Um, Alan, I'm going to to you since you're like the new kid on the block. You won't new kid, long time coming. Um, you work in the educational system. I do. Under, I yeah, uh. under fire here lately for yeah. its suppression of free speech on campuses. Everything from the grade school level to college and university. Um, are you feeling that where you are? <coughs> uh, no, no. My school is a very small school, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> they fly under the radar, um, which is kind of good. Uh, it's a, everybody oh, knows right. everybody. There's great buy-in by the community. So I just, I don't feel like we have the same sort of um, hostility pointed towards us because the community believes in us. So we've been very, uh, very protected by that. sense. That's an interesting wording there the community believes in us yeah. i have never heard that from an academist huh. the community believes in us most colleges even high school for that matter particularly in this area 
the community is at odds with almost everything that grammar school and high schools are doing. The, college is a whole nother level of bullshit. It's yeah. crazy. We're seeing it here. We have one of the largest colleges in South Jersey, five minutes from where we are right now. Yep. And it's a, a veritable prison camp. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's a yeah. veritable prison camp for free speech. I mean, to the point where they have a panel of 12 people. And I don't know why they picked 12 because it's an even number. They have a panel of 12 <laughs> people who decide who can perform, who can speak there, who can, um, who they can bring in. They have, it's like a, almost like a McCarthyistic list of you know, who's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, you haven't felt that in your area, fortunately. Flying under the radar for you is a very good thing. Trust me. Well, I mean, it's I, it's give and take. Um, if you if you don't mind, um, no, not at all, please. On the one hand, you have you know, like you said, especially in universities, uh, uh, there's been hostility towards perhaps conservative commentators, people who might offer a more uh, pro white right wing perspective, mm -hmm. and then in um, K through twelve, you almost see the opposite side of it, where there's been this sort of a concerted effort to try to limit um, things that might be considered more liberal on the left side. Yeah, and so in both sense, there's an authoritarian streak running through our politics right now. Where in either case, book banning or censorship is sort of the de facto um, answer to these questions. And and of course, this is the problem. Free speech, the Constitution yeah. makes it abundantly clear: is it's a the only way to go against bad speech is more speech, not getting rid of it. And thank you for validating the United States Supreme Court. Because <laughs> I have their ruling. And I mean, literally, this is literally their ruling. Um, Pastor Steve, yes, sir. Alan brings up a very interesting point. Um, I saw you shaking your head in agreement to his commentary. Um just from your standpoint, from the pulpit, uh, what are you having to endure in, in way of, by way of um, uh, free speech and and or uh, maintaining the balance between the state and and your your uh, your uh, vocation? Well, I'll use that word. Well. Best thing about our church is that um, you do not have to have a church that's a 501c3. 501c3 is an option for a church. Mm -hmm. If you have a 501c3 on your church, they can tell you what you can and can't preach. And Interesting. That's, and that's so, you know, when people get a 501c3, that's because they want to sell things and, you know, right. You know, get the government approval. But because of the separation of church and state, yeah. we're blessed. I can say anything I want from that pulpit. Um, they're still going to try. I mean, because yeah. they, they've tried with me already. For instance, the other day, I'm going to tell you, and I could mm -hmm. have gotten this person on. Yeah, I want you to speak right into that mic, Pastor. So the other day, I was ministering to somebody. It started off, I was joking with them. They're trying to become transgendered. Oh, for God's sake. And um, he was, I'm going to say he, because that's the proper gender you're born with. You can't change it, whether you think so or not. God says otherwise. So I said... Um, well, I guess you're mad. You might as well tell Biden and Harris how upset you are making a joke, right? Then he starts getting into it and starts cussing me out, saying I'm transphobic and I'm hateful and blah, 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 blah. I said, okay. So I said, this yeah, person's Been there, hurting. done that one. This person's hurting. So I started ministering to him. And um, he literally went around on Facebook posting my pictures saying that I'm hateful that the church is very, it's not welcoming, and then tried to give me a bad name. But let me tell you something. I have friends in all places, and one of my friends, whose name is Joey, 
actually messaged me and said, Pastor, this moron is speaking all kind of lies about you. And I said, Joey, here's the conversation we actually had. These people are insane on the left. They're just completely insane. They're far gone. And a lot of this that's going on is because the government is using them. What's the word that I was using? They're exploiting these yeah. type of people for their own agenda. Yeah. If you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Joe Cohn is here. So the government will try to um, bring, they could try to bring me up on charges, but I always back up what I say with scripture. It's never yeah. what I say. I use the word of God because scripture is clear. That way, you know, let God do the judgment. Right. Okay. It's uh, Joe is here. <clears throat> Hello. Hey, how are you, Joe? I'm doing I can well, hear you, I'm but so, I cannot see you. I'm so sorry that I am, you know, running late. I'm sorry that I have to appear in this form. But thank That's you for quite all right. Me. You just take your time, and when you get where you can join us, pop right in here. But we'll keep you on here as long as we can. Sound, sounds good. I'm sorry that I got held up. We uh, were asking the question tonight, what is protected speech and is hate speech protected? Well, you know, uh, most hateful speech is protected. There isn't a categorical exception to the First Amendment for hate speech. And the court has over and over and over again said, said that there isn't. But there are other exceptions that sometimes apply. You know, uh, you can't engage in discriminatory harassment that has a very specific definition and a very you know, high threshold. Um, you can't have, you know, engage in true threats, you know, non-hyperbolic uh, threats, uh, you know, that uh, with the intent of uh, making someone believe that they're in actual, you know, real physical, you know, danger. So there are some examples of speech that could be hateful that would lose their protection, but speech doesn't lose its protection as quote unquote hate speech. It's not a category. It's interesting. I have the Supreme Court ruling in front of me, Joe. And it, it says, while hate speech is not a legal term in the United States, the U.S. Supreme Court has repeatedly ruled that most of what would qualify as, quote, hate speech, unquote, in other Western countries is legally protected speech under the First Amendment. In a Supreme Court case, Mattel versus Tam, the justices unanimously reaffirmed that there is effectively no hate speech exception to the free speech rights protected by the First Amendment. There, thereby, the U.S. government may not discriminate against speech on the basis of the speaker's viewpoint. Is essentially, is that what you just said? Yep, uh, pretty much, uh, you know, more eloquently than I could uh, state it, you know, when you're quoting the Supreme Court. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, Matal v. Tam was a case where a band that called itself the Slants uh was denied the ability to, to trademark their name because the trademark office said that the word slants was derogatory, um, you know, towards Asians. Yeah. And, you know, they filed suit and the Supreme Court, you know, ruled in favor of the band. And the band, uh, you know, very luckily, you know, for me, uh, was uh, a guest in Fire's offices in our headquarters and came and gave us a little private, you know, concert. Uh, in celebration of their victory, it was a, uh, it was really wonderful. Yeah, um, I, I brought this show on tonight. In fact, it's um, it, it very appropriate that we brought this show on. Uh, how about it, Amelia? We yes. were um, Amelia and I. By the way, Joe, um, Amelia Chapman is here. She's my social media guru. Uh, I'm here with the uh, pastor, Stephen Kwiatkowski. I'm also here with academist Alan Taylor. Uh, and of course, you know, you know and love me. Um, but here is what happened, Joe. We were deplatformed on YouTube for engaging what they said was hate speech. Now, what I said was, and I didn't use a derogatory term, I referred to a particular group of uh, hierarchy as Zionist pigs. <laughs> I never mentioned anything about people's nationality. Nope. By the way, uh, I happen to love the Jewish people, and Jews are not Zionists. It's a particular type of Zionist 
like calling a Catholic priest a Jesuit. There are, you know, the, the Jesuits are like the hit squad of the Vatican. You know? Mm-hmm. So understand that. Um, th- I mean, if I say, you know, Joe, I love you, you goofy Jew bastard, you know, you would probably just fluff it off. But if I said the same thing on YouTube, I'd be deplatformed. Despite the fact, Joe, that there's a KKK group on YouTube right now saying we hate Jews, we hate niggers, we hate spicks, we hate this, we hate that. And and, and it's and it's out there and it's on there and the, the web channel is called White Power. YouTube.com forward slash at white power. Now, how do they justify that? Well, I mean, let's start by just saying that if YouTube were a government actor, there'd be no doubt that what they had engaged in is viewpoint based, you know, discrimination that's uh, unlawful under the First Amendment. But they're a private actor, so the court's going to have to analyze. Uh, you know, first and foremost, whether or not they can be held to that same standard or whether they have the same First Amendment right that other private actors decide what speech they want to associate with and what not, the way you can on your show decide to exclude people whose views you don't want to, to host. Uh, so it, it's going to be a bit of a different analysis. Well, here's the interesting thing about that commentary. I welcome people of opposing viewpoints. I love the debate. I Look, we can all learn something from, from uh, opposing viewpoints. That's the whole purpose of my... That's why I started this show. I want to know who's out there. What are they thinking? What's going on? Yeah, and on a normative basis, I would hope that YouTube would uh, value... Uh, being a platform for the full range of opinions, you know, that are out there. Uh, but it's a, it's going to be a, a different kind of analysis for the courts uh, when trying to figure out whether to apply the First Amendment. And, you know, they might not. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a quagmire pastor. What, the, what Joe just said um, rings, it rings for you, doesn't it? Because I can give a sermon. Oh, sorry. For instance, I actually have one of my videos flagged on um, Facebook. Um, and I mean, the Bible clearly states the word Jew. Now, the liberals are taking it to an extent like, if you know, for instance, they said, Hail, King of the Jews, you know, during when they were ordering Jesus' crucifixion. Do you know, even if that's heard or whatever it is, I don't know how they... They can just using the word Jew anymore. And if that's what you're born, not even in a derogatory way, but now it's a bad thing to even say the word and you're born Jewish. Wow. That's my point. And you can literally say it correctly. I mean, right out of the Bible and they will, for some reason, quoting the Bible is hate speech shows what he's getting at. It is. You You, you see where we are with this show? But if you were a Jewish group, and if you said the word Jew, then you would, could get away with it. Right, but if, yeah. if you're reading the Bible, even if they pick up on that word, it's like, oh, you're anti-Semitic. How? Jesus well, was a Jew. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what. I want I want everybody to kind of to watch this. And let's just, just watch. Can the, we do a station identification before we, we can. Absolutely we can. WWTF Radio in conjunction with. Wrestling with the Future is on the record. Tonight, we're hot on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TikTok, Facebook, Odyssey, Truth Social, Pinterest, X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and hundreds more. Again, WWTF Radio is on the record. Amelia, thank you. You're welcome. Pastor, continue where you were. So, I mean, you could say stuff like, okay, is... Is it just the four of us, or is he still there? He's coming back. Okay. Um, so you can literally be preaching the Bible. Um, you could say something like, I could be preaching against the whole ideology that grooming our children, for instance. 
And if you say something in regard to that, he's quoting the scripture about the effeminate, that man has no business being that about the effeminate not entering the kingdom of heaven. If you, and that's what the Bible says. It's not what I say. Right. And I welcome LGBT people into our church. We actually have a few. Yep. But I mean, I just take certain parts of the scripture out because you know I'm the one that goes vows. So whatever the word says, I'm going to, we're going to say, well, that's anti-Semitic. You're transphobic, which is a new word, by the way. Yeah. What? What or, the fuck does that even or, mean, transphobic? Racist, I mean, what the fuck is that? Or you're a racist. That they, they love to throw that me. one in there. That that's me. I'm all up. So, I'm all of it. I'm transphobic. I'm anti-Semitic. I'm racist. I, I hate puppies and little children. I, yeah, that's me. Right, but if you start preaching against sin and against the evils of the world, it's like, well, you're targeting that person because they're black, or you're targeting yeah. that person because they're Jewish, or you're targeting that per person because they're transgender. Hey, guess what? I don't care what you do. Yeah. What I care about is if your soul's right with God or not. The end. There you go. Let's, let's listen to this. The next two videos are about four minutes long. This is four minutes that you want invested. Watch this. Well, it's the opposite of liberalism. I can mention. Yes, exactly. Many this examples is... where it's the op including free speech. Free speech used to be uh, a left or liberal value. And yet we, we see uh, from, you know, the in quotes left a desire to actually censor. I think we should be extremely concerned about anything that undermines the First Amendment. There's a reason for the First Amendment. People came from countries where they could not speak freely and where saying certain things would get you thrown into prison. And they were like, well, we don't want that here. And by the way, in many parts of the world, including parts of the world that people might think are relatively similar to the United States, the, 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 the speech laws are draconian. England is quite different. I won't name any countries, but... Uh, in France, I think if you deny the Holocaust, which I think is abhorrent, but I also think it should be part of free speech. I, I really can't emphasize this enough. We must protect free speech. Um, and free speech only matters, it's only relevant when it's someone you don't like saying something you don't like. The thing about censorship is that for those who would advocate it, just remember, at some point, that will be turned on you. That he wants to erode the very fabric of civilization and Soros hates humanity. That's my opinion. Why share it? Especially, because, I mean, why share it when people who buy Teslas may not agree with you? Advertisers on Twitter may not agree with you. Well, I, this is freedom of speech. I'm allowed to say what I You wanted. absolutely are, but I'm trying to understand. It puts you in, a, in the middle of a partisan divide in the country. It makes you a, a lightning rod for criticism. I mean, do you like that? I love you know, I'm reminded of the scene in The Princess Bride where he confronts the person who killed his father and he says, offer me money, offer me power. I don't care. So you just don't care? I'll say what I want to say and if, if, if uh, the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. I love that man. I love him. That's Elon Musk, and he don't give a flying fuck about losing money because he's got billions and billions of it. What does he care? But he stands for a bigger issue, which is he wants to be able to say what he wants to say. And he has that right. Alan Taylor. Yes. Commentary. Uh, well, in this sense, I think one thing that we need to deconstruct here and uh, our uh, John, Mr. Cohn had uh, alluded to it earlier. The public, the public square is now ran by private entities. And so a lot of the protections that we presumed and had for, you know, since the beginning of our country yeah. uh, are now co-opted by private organizations, private enterprises. And that's. Mm -hmm. That's the barrier. That's the wall that allows for the censorship. That's the wall that allows for uh, unelected bureaucrats, not even bureaucrats, but unelected uh, persons to be able to dictate what flies and what doesn't fly in our in our uh, dialogue. Like the fact that all four of us, all five of us can speak and be from very different parts of the globe right now is a technologi technological miracle. And More yet we rely on a corporation Alan, for that. 
More importantly, Alan, and, and thank you for saying that, but, but much more importantly, we can have a dialogue and agree to disagree without killing each other. Oh, and yeah. That's what's missing. <laughs> People are, if, if I say to you, Alan, um, I hate you because you support Joe Biden. I don't. Based but on, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't mischaracterize me, please. I like him already. Are, are, you, are you you're a Trump guy? No, I I like Cornell West. I'm okay. for Cornell West. Well, as okay. long as you don't like Biden, he's well, good. Let me just say, uh, because you know we have to, in the interest of full disclosure, this podcast is brought to you by Biden's Fetterman 2024. It's a no brainer. <laughs> Sleepy Joe and Dopey John. <laughs> Yeah. Java. There you go. No, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I love the fact that you're not afraid to be a, an alternate. You know. Yeah. A, well, a I I would rather vote for what I believe in than vote out of fear of somebody else. That's just I refuse you know to live I by that. Labeled when I was 18 years old. I'm not even making this up. When I was 18 years old and I registered to vote for the first time, I was labeled a communist. <laughs> Yeah, I I have a hard because time believing I, that because yeah. I I chose to vote for um, uh, Lyndon Larue. Lyndon Larue. Wow, you remember him? I don't. I don't. I need a study. Yep, Lyndon. Here's Joe. Hey, Joe. <laughs> Sorry about the you? technical difficulties, everyone. Oh, That's okay. That happened. Let me uh, let me give you the introduction <laughs> that you so so well deserve because it's really important. This is my he's a second time appearance. He's this. He, I will tell you in the interest of full disclosure, Joe has been here before. Uh, he was my first favorite person in the world until I discovered Elon Musk. Now, Joe's <laughs> my second favorite person in the world. <laughs> Let you me tell you about possibly Joe. have discovered uh, Musk second, there you go, right. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Cohn is the policy and legislative director of FIRE, the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. He is the, uh, the policy director overseeing that department's team of attorneys and staff tasked with the duties of monitoring and engaging in legislation and regulatory matters under his leadership. FIRE has secured numerous victories for free speech and due process at the local, state, and federal level, and that's why I love Joe Cohn, and he will always be a welcome guest back on this show. Joe, the issue of the night is hate speech, protected speech. Is it, uh, I think we've, I think the Supreme Court answered the question, uh, is it a, is it a, a term at all? It really is kind of made up for all intents and purposes, but how how does that lexicon become part of the dialogue when it's not even a legal definition? Well, I, I don't know how to break this to you, but most people don't take their cues from the Supreme Court when deciding how to talk. But I will say that, you know, the real issue is not whether or not people say things that are hateful. I, right. You know, one of the key reasons why most hate speech is protected is because it's so subjective to figure out what is hateful. One man's, you know, lyric is another man's insult. Um, yeah. You know, all of that stuff is, you know, has a has a large degree of truth to it. Yeah. But there's also you know, just practical and important societal reasons why even the most obnoxious and hateful, frankly, speech deserves and warrants protection and why it's helpful for it to be, you know, in the atmosphere of speech. I mean, and, and that's not to say that it wouldn't be great to live in a utopia where people get along and no one has hateful views about each other. Mm. But in a world in which that's not the case, free speech is what allows people to put those views out there in the world so we know who the bigots are. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, I'm a Jewish guy. If there's, you know, a Nazi in the room, I'd rather know it. 
Um, the none not. here, Joe. None here. <laughs> no, by the way, that's what I hear. And, and yeah. you're 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 talking to a guy that's been called uh, anti-Semitic. I've been, yeah, and he's a pastor. Uh, I've been called anti-Semitic. I've been called a Jew hater. I've been called uh, everything but white and human. Um, I've been. I, I've been categorized. I was just telling the crew. I was. I've been categorized as a communist, um, as a KKK sympathizer. I hate them motherfuckers. I actually. I lived in Tennessee for 15 years. Right well, that next. That was awfully to, hateful stuff you just said about the KKK. Fuck them. I don't give a shit. I know. I'm just fuck the KKK. <laughs> you know, I don't give two shits about the. But I'll defend their right to say it. Because if I don't defend the right to say it, we can't have a dialogue. We we can't have a dialogue if I don't defend the, at least a scum. If I don't defend the scumbag, if I don't have a dialogue with the scumbag, and everything is beautiful and rosy and utopian, at some point there's going to be a crack in the armor and it's going to crack fucking big. No, that's true, and and I think you know the the other point, you know, that I'd like to emphasize besides just knowing who the bigots are is that when people are afraid to speak their mind for fear of some form of punishment, mm -hmm. it doesn't change their views. It forces them to talk only to the people who they feel safe talking about yeah. those views with, the people who they think agree with them. And that solidifies yeah. and hardens those views, mm -hmm. reinforces them. And what we need, if we're going to defeat bigotry out there in the world, and you know, we live in a world where there is bigotry, whether through intent or whether it's through ignorance. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting know, next to a guy, Joe, who dialogue. deals with it every day. I deal with it every day. All the time. It's gotten worse. He's, yeah. yeah, Steve's an Anglican priest. He's a priest. But, you know, we, we, we need to be able to uh, engage in dialogue with each other and, you know, yeah. And some that's people might point. be wrong in the end in the analysis on some things. On a long enough timeline, I will eventually be wrong about something. I doubt it because you're right about pretty much fucking everything, Joe. I love the confidence that it takes a long time to eventually become wrong about something, though. I very much love that. Absolutely, people are recognizing the humility there. When you were coming on, we were just finishing up a, a, a clip by uh, Elon Musk. I want you to, to take a look at this. Uh, and um, and I want you and Amelia, by the way, Joe, this is Amelia Chapman. Okay. She's my social, but she does all our social stuff. Um, take a look at this, Joe. It's about a three-minute clip. Uh, and you and Amelia have this dialogue. Just take a look at this. Florida's lieutenant governor to get her perspective on this. Lieutenant governor, thank you for being here. So many questions for you in this because this is new. This is different. You're the first state to try this for a Florida resident. You've got a Florida resident who posts something on Twitter, on Facebook, and it's censored. What does this bill give them the right to do that they didn't have before? Well, first of all, this bill is extremely important for Floridians, those of us that understand all too well the ills of communism, of tyranny, of oppression, who have fled other countries. We understand the importance of freedom of speech. And for Floridians, having Governor DeSantis sign the first of its kind in the nation uh, is something that I think we're all extraordinarily proud of, being able to ensure that these companies are held accountable, that these big tech oligarchs aren't simply changing the rules, their guidelines, their policies, as it favors their narrative. And so for Floridians, they need to be able to know what is the issue, what is the, the cause of why they are deplatforming or creating issues with censorship. They have to be open, transparent, and consistent, and they have to apply equally to both sides of the aisle. And so I think what we've seen for far too long is that these big tech companies, these oligarchs are making unilateral decisions that only penalize, censor, and silence one voice, and that's the conservative voice. Lieutenant Governor, the appeal of this law, I think, at an intuitive level is there's finally an avenue for accountability. People have felt like they just don't have a voice when they see what social media companies are doing. They say, but where can I go? What can I do? They have all the power. This law, 
seems to give a little bit more power to the little guy. But you're getting a lot of critics and actually on both sides of the aisle saying this isn't going to stand up to constitutional scrutiny. What's your response to critics who are saying this just isn't going to pass muster with the courts? Well, Governor DeSantis and I both feel strongly that this will pass muster. Uh, and if it needs to go all the way to the Supreme Court, then so be it. But we stand firm in our conviction that this is the right thing to do for Floridians. We're not trying to protect one class of individuals. We're not trying to rep- uh, to protect Republicans or conservatives. We want it to be equal for everyone. We want to preserve free speech. Again, that's something that I think those of us whose parents hailed from places like Cuba, I think is very, very important for us to continue to push and make sure that all Floridians have the opportunity to understand what is it that they're being deplatformed for, and in particular, political candidates. You can tune out those candidates that you don't particularly agree with, um, but for them to deplatform them while they're in the electoral process, I think is very, very inappropriate, and we're going to continue to fight for Floridians. Okay. Two things that I gleaned from that. Number one, a pushback against conservatism, Joe. Number two, deplatforming people just because. Because essentially there's there's no justification other than they may have a conservative viewpoint. Why the pushback? And and I want to let Amelia tell her what we what her and I have had to deal with more, more specifically what she's had to deal with. So let let's uh, get an answer to to that clip. So you know the eleventh circuit. That's the federal court of appeals uh, just below the Supreme Court, you know, that governs uh, over Florida and a few other states nearby Mm -hmm. uh, struck down that law as being unconstitutional uh, under the rationale that social media platforms have their own uh, free speech rights to associate with whom they want or don't want to. Now, the Fifth Circuit was evaluating a similar you know, law, not identical uh, in Texas and upheld its constitutionality. So there's now what we call a circuit split, teeing up the issue for the Supreme Court at some point to decide. And, you know, I think they are going to accept a case to answer that question finally about whether or not the social media media platforms, free speech rights uh, have to prevail over claims of free speech violations by their users and Joe, the not, of the belief that the social media platforms have that right. Joe, can I interrupt you there with a question? Because I, I don't want to stop the train over here, but uh, it's critically important that we get some clarification on this. Um, by the very nature of the term, quote, social media, unquote, that evokes um, an air of inclusion, does it not? That that evokes um, um, a kind of like a togetherness, does it not? I would I would concur. Uh, would you concur with me? I mean, I, I I suppose I agree on that point, but I think that you know the the important thing is that uh, is that you know they also have some right to uh, regulate who they want to associate with and what they want to platform as well as private actors. Okay. It took so centuries for individuals and governments to figure out how to live with and regulate the effects, you know, whether good or bad of the printing press, Yeah, you know, it's connected millions of people to conversations with each other and social yeah. media, you know, is relatively young, uh, but doing the same thing. So, it, it, you know, people aren't wrong that they're wielding a tremendous amount of power, but we need to be cautious about what it would mean to regulate, you know, private entities and what they have yeah. to, you know, host. Well, it's pretty clear that that uh, institutions like Facebook, and I use institution very, very loosely, uh, Facebook is is push hard pushing a very, very liberal agenda to the point where um, we're pulling off a of Facebook. Yes, uh, we've already been deplatformed from YouTube. But and I, I had three channels there, Joe. We were deplatformed on one. I voluntarily took the other two down just so I don't have to deal with YouTube's bullshit. By the way, I have in front of me, Joe, the entire hate speech policy of YouTube. It is one and a half pages, 
and there was no attorney drafting this. It was drafted by, and I quote, creators who shared their perspectives as well as expert organizations that study online bullying, unquote. That's a direct quote from the yeah. YouTube hate speech. Um, here's my question. What is bullying? Well, no, not for, no, that's a whole not. That's for another show, Pastor. <laughs> that's for another show. My question is, is social media essentially a private platform or is it a public forum? I, yeah, need, a, I, mean, I need a clear yeah. answer on this. Fires of the view that it's a private platform. And, okay. you know, and, I buy and, that. And, and, you know, and like I said, there's a circuit split. Federal courts have been divided with the two that have, you know, decided the question, one, you know, going one way and the other one, uh, not quite calling it a public forum, but, 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 you know, saying that they can't engage mm -hmm. in that kind of uh, viewpoint based discrimination. But ultimately, FIRE, you know, believes that cultural arguments for free expression on social media are what has to prevail and that yeah. the government um, can't pass laws to make that happen. Uh, so, you know, we would argue you know, for social media to contractually promise free speech. Uh, in their terms and services yeah. and to honor those practices uh, and, you know, would encourage people who have been censored beyond what the terms and services allow yeah. you know, to challenge those restrictions. Alan Taylor questions for Joe Cohn. Um, I suppose if I had a big question, it would be, how do you think the influence of uh, John Roberts's Supreme court, given that he tends to have a, a Pension for siding with corporate America. How do you think he's going to decide on this, considering that ostensibly the people who are leading this anti uh, censorship crusade are on the right, but they're going to be butt butting heads with the Roberts court? I, I hate to, you know, read tea leaves of what any, you know, individual justices are going to do, except the ones that have been really outspoken, you know, on, on the issue. You know, I don't know that it will be decided based on views of corporate America or corporatism or anything like that. I think there's going to be a very straightforward, um, you know, kind of gut call for the justices about whether or not they truly are now the public square or whether or not they're more like newspapers, you know, that have editorial functions, have the ability to decide what they want to associate with, what they want to run, you know, et cetera. And there's going to be a lot of lawyering that goes into it a lot of smart people are going to advance a lot of you know strong arguments on both sides uh, ultimately you know fire was persuaded uh by the argument that you know the cure might be worse than the disease with respect to giving the government the power to require private entities yeah. to allow people to associate and what needs to be able to be said versus the right to have a diversity of platforms that could host different views um, yeah. So that's ultimately where we came down. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to be the Super Bowl of free speech kind of question of our era. Oh, man. Of what's at stake here. And I, you know, wouldn't judge people for for feeling for feeling otherwise. But that's how we feel. A message from our friend Tom McDonald and I am up against the heartbreak. Yes. Step one, train the people only to consume. Step two, infiltrate adults with the news. Step three, indoctrinate the children through the schools and the music and the apps on the phones that they use. Step four, separate the right from the left. Step five, separate the white from the black. Step six, separate the rich from the poor. Use religion and equality to separate them more. Step seven, fabricate a problem made a lie. Step eight, put it on the news every night. Step nine, when people start to fight and divide, take control. This is called situational design. And we are back with Joe Cohn, policy and legislative director of FIRE. I love FIRE. I love what they stand for. I love Sophia. She's my girl at FIRE. I'll tell you what. She she makes sure that your ass is here on time. I got news for you. <laughs> Usually, but, the, but tonight can't be blamed on her. Okay. I was going to say, if, sure. if, if Sophia had her, if had her way, you would have been here at 645, brother. Okay, Amelia, I'm going to bring you up here, Amelia, because mm -hmm. uh, time for you and Joe to have a little chit-chat. 
Sure. Tell Joe what you have to deal with on a daily basis being my social media guru. Well, it's not, it's, you know, making sure I put the correct words in when I uh, do the promotions for the show, make sure I, if I, cause if I use a certain word that comes back at me and say, Oh, you can't use that word. Or you had to put in certain asterisks in there, be able to post it because it comes right back to me. Here's yeah, my favorite thing, Amelia. Joe, mm -hmm. you're going to love this. When they won't let her choose a word, she has to put dot, dot, dot. Yeah, dot, dot, dot on it. You, you can't make this shit up. She's got to put dot, dot, dot. Go ahead, Mill. Yeah, and if or if I use a certain particular word, it says, oh, you can't use that word. It has to be something certain to it. So I have to use like an adjective or a certain verb to that. It's very similar to that. So because I can't use a certain word that I'd like to use because it comes back, oh, that's a hate word or... That's not a correct certain word to that. And I'm like, okay, but that's what I don't mean it in a certain way, but it doesn't mean a certain bad way. I, and it comes back to me that way. So it's very, very hateful. And I'm like, well, I'm not trying to be that way. So, I mean, how I'm trying to say something like on tonight's show, 7 p.m. live, we're having hate speech or something like that. And they didn't like that word. I'm like, how well, else am I trying to say thing, it? Joe, I think what Amelia's getting at, and we've had this discussion privately as well. Here's the problem as we see it. There is this algorithm that controls the kind of um, how words are used and how they're chosen um, and in what context they can be used. Yeah. S since when are we reliant upon an algorithm to express our emotion or our thoughts or uh, what what do we do about this? Or is that just the way of the future? And it's should we all fucking kill world. ourselves? It's a brave new world or a cowardly one, depending on your perspective. It's but. a fucking cowardly <laughs> one from the get-go because I got news for you. It, it, in where I come from, in my world, men have balls, women have vaginas, men are men and women are women. Yeah. We're being run... The world is being run and policy directed by a bunch of sissy Mary trannies that don't know whether they're fucking boys or girls. Amen. Fuck them all up their collective asses. I don't give a fuck who likes it, who hears it, who don't hear it. I don't give a shit. You know why? Because I have the right to say what I want to say. I own this motherfucking network and there's nothing anybody can do about it. OK, that's what I had to do. I had to buy my own shit. OK just to be able to express my viewpoint. Here's my point, Joe. I get, you obviously know I get, I'm passionate about this. I get frustrated. He's very passionate. Yeah. Well, that. but, but I'm also a, a fierce, fierce, probably more so than Joe is. I am a fierce defender of free speech and of the yeah. constitution in general, but particularly the first five. Um, where do we go with this, my friend? Well, I'll tell you that, you know, to start with, if you were saying those things, you know, in, you know, a publicly operated public, you know, forum, a traditional public forum, there's no doubt that it would be protected. So it's really going to turn on this question of do the private entities have this right or not? And the Supreme Court is ultimately, hopefully, eventually going to take a case to decide that. And the fate of your, you know, claim is going to turn on who they find more persuasive in this in this argument. And of course, there are powerful consequences on either side, such that it's unlikely to be a 9-0 opinion. It's unlikely to be a slam dunk. And there are legitimate reasons why people of all politics are divided on this question, yep. uh, because, you know, there are important and weighty considerations on either side. And, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, the 11th Circuit in striking down the case in Florida analogized it to, you know, parade organizers, you know, who aren't required to allow others with other messages on their own parade. So if you wanted to have a Italian pride parade, you know, mm -hmm. etc., you can't be required to allow floats that say something otherwise to attach to your message. And mm -hmm. the question is, are they really just hosts, social media companies, or are they engaged in some type of editorial function because of how they behave, how they operate, and 
what they are such that being required to keep different messages that they don't yeah. want to post violations. That's an interesting question. So it's That's a, a really it's, interesting question. So, it's, so there isn't a clear and obvious answer that everyone is going to agree with in terms of how you do that math and which side you fall on because there are strong free speech norm, normative reasons why, you know, either view would support free speech. It's a question of whose speech, you know, the mm-hmm. platform's ability to decide its own message or the individual, you know, folks. And the courts, you know, teed up to uh, to answer that question at some point soon, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, they, and, you know, uh, you know, fire, you know, agrees with the social media companies on this one, but after a tremendous amount of very careful deliberation, and I don't begrudge people who. I, I will tell you, I think it's going to be a 6-3 split. I think Roberts and Thomas are going to be the two to pull it down for the corporate structure. Um, I think uh, Justice Thomas is, is just right of Attila the Hun. I don't like him. He's a prick. He's a cocky bastard, too. And Roberts doesn't have balls the size of peanuts. Well, Thomas is probably the most likely to agree with your position. Really? This, you think so? On this particular issue. Really? Yes. And I've one. always found him to be kind of like um, king of the liberals. And I'm, I don't consider myself in any way, shape, or form a liberal in any way. Uh, I'm, I, I, I'm as staunchly conservative as you, as you can get. On, on this one, I think you know, I, I think that, uh, that that if I had to place a bet, I'd guess that Thomas. So it's going to be a five-four split then. So, but anyway, it, it, it's going to be hard fought, and it's going to have a lot of interesting things to say about a lot of people's rights, and going to set the future yeah. of what free speech looks like online. And, you know, there is a cost as well to your position when you start inviting the government to decide what is going to be hosted and what's not going to be hosted. Uh, You know, that's so there are some tensions there with usual conservative thought, uh, you know, that uh, that, you know, is interesting. And, you know, the dust is going to settle where, you know, where it settles. Well, fortunately, we picked up a platform called Odyssey.com. That allows all speech in all forms. It is adamantly free speech. It's a video platform quickly, quickly taking over YouTube. Yes. uh, Thankfully. And we are now part of that platform. Pastor Steve, questions for Joe Cohn. I mean, even like things on Facebook, for instance. I'm having a hard time hearing you. Uh, Hey, uh, go ahead, Pastor. Can you hear me now? A little. A little. A little. Well, he is a, a He's wait, actually wait. sitting right next to me, Joe. So. <laughs> okay, great. There he is. Hey, Joe. Um, hi. hi. Um, so, like, certain things, like, like I was saying, I go live every week on Facebook for the church services. And there's even been times where my video has been, you know, went up perfectly. But if they don't like anything I'm even speaking about, they will literally take the sound out of the video. It's happened to me already. And I've had my other parishioners that were watching online saying, Uh, hey, what's going on? And they'll literally take out what they don't want other people to hear. It can even be about Islam. Like I preached against Muhammad before. I'll tell you that. And I've given the whole history on Islam. I, look, I, I, I dive. I, I don't show partiality to anybody. I mean, obviously Christ, because I know he's the Lord and Savior. I believe that. Um, but they'll let him say Christ. Let's talk about Christ. Yeah. They'll let him say Christ, Joe. But they bleep out the word Jesus. Yes. He's a priest doing a Bible study at a church, okay? He can't say Jesus? I mean, come on. And and I think that there are legitimate reasons why people are frustrated with those, you know, decisions and don't think they're particularly rational. And and I understand what what you're arguing, but it still comes to the crux of the question of, is your remedy to find a social media platform like Odyssey that isn't going to censor you, or is your remedy 
to make the platform you were on allow your you uh, uh, you know allow your speech to proceed how you wanted it to and that really is going to come down to that question of are they platforms or are they publishers and right, and that's, that's and that's a very technical legal question that you know uh is at the heart of it here's another thing so they are also selecting my audience of who can hear me and who can't. So I even noticed, like, I have about 4,000 people. I've had Facebook since it first came out, 2007, I guess, 2000, you know, when the, when it, so over years in ministry, family, different friends, Facebook acquaintances, yada, yada, yada. There are people that will look for my sermons, for instance, and they can't even, they're not even notified when I go live where they were before. Facebook's only yep. selecting about 30 to 40 people that are allowed to actually hear me. And there yep. are people looking for me that want to hear the message preached. It's like they are doing everything they can to, to, to silence you. I mean, I know I'm going through they're it. They're doing that though with all, with, with not just priests, rabbis ministers um yeah. they're doing it with the uh, uh with the baptist there's a black preacher on yeah they they bleep this guy now yeah. I mean, they come out and bleep this guy look in a culture of free speech the private platforms wouldn't be doing these things in the ways that you're describing so i think that there's plenty of room to be calling for them to change their ways and to treat people and speech with more respect. But there's also the other side of that coin when you go back to the you know, parade analysis, which yeah. there's no doubt in my mind that organizers of parades are speaking and the person who wanted to check their float along were also trying mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. So you're talking about a contest between two different speakers' rights, yeah. not one who wants to believe in free speech and one who doesn't believe in free speech. So you're in that kind of scenario where the court is going to have to decide what's the bigger principle at play and what and what makes more sense here. And it's yeah. going to be, you know, a tough one. And, you know, fire, you know, has fallen on the line that, you know, it's yeah. the, the cure is worse than the disease here. Um, I understand why others, you know, disagree on that. But that's you're putting a point and putting a finger on the, the best arguments for the other point of view. Um, I understand it. But you're really dealing with that tension of two different, you know, two different types yeah. of free speech rights. Let That's me take a break right now. Mm -hmm. We'll come back and finish this up. Be right back. What's Buzz Podcast wants to welcome Radioactive FM 88.6 in Wellington, New Zealand, Radio Perth, Australia, and RTL Radio 102.5 in Milan, Italy. Welcome aboard and welcome to the Buzz. All right, we are back with Joe Cohn, policy and legislative director of FIRE, Alan Taylor, academist and scholar, Amelia the Pitbull Chapman, my social guru, and Pastor Stephen Kwiatkowski of the Union Church in the Wilderness. Great little country church. It's an Anglican church, Clementon, New Jersey. Pastor Steve is at your beck and call if you need him for prayer, for whatever. Give him a call, 856 896 5332, Pastor Steve 856-896-5332 at Union Church. So many um, New Jerseyans in one space <laughs> broadcasting out to the universe. I love it. And a Floridian, huh? <laughs> That's under hurricane Joe, warning. Um, I got to bring it back, Joe. Um, this, this is uh, one hour can't even encapsulate yeah. uh, oh, with just such right. a... You know how I am, Joe. I mean, I get passionate. Right. Sometimes I get boisterous and loud. <laughs> but I love the fact that a guy like you can come on here. He's and God bless Joe. Yes, he's always thank you. So calm, yeah, yeah. and he's he's the voice of reason. Bless his heart, you know. And he needs to be with a crew like this because we're just fucking crazy. Okay, <laughs> we really, we we really are. Joe, I can can I get you to come back? You know, uh, of course, uh, you, know, you let me know when and we'll try to make it work. I'll make sure Sophia gets yeah. your ass here early, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. For Joe Cohn, for Alan Taylor, for Amelia, the Pitbull Chapman, <laughs> and Pastor Steve Kwiatkowski, I am Angelo.
the Mad Dog DeCipio. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Join us Friday night when we welcome television and film actor Johnny Whitaker. You remember him from Family Affair. He'll be here Friday at 7 on a special weekend edition. Be good, everybody. Take care. God bless and be safe. Thank you.